0: Mindset Square. Hey Mike, how you doing? Good to see you.
1: Doing great. How are you?
0: I'm doing well. Uh, Okay, so this is a really interesting topic. Very, very hot topic. I could easily see this as being one of our most listened to podcasts because I get a lot of questions about this um, from people of all age groups in all different types of sectors, but it's, it's just a really a hot topic today and that is Hey, I'm a new entrepreneur or I'm just getting into, you know, business. I've got a side hustle, whatever it is. And I want to start building my personal brand. Where do I start? And the platforms right now, there's so much turmoil in social media platforms. Uh, what's your take and where are you with that?
1: Man, that's a complicated question because the rules change so much that even ra- regular, like normal people are being run off. So for example, oh, you start a fitness channel, you go on YouTube, you think that's fine until somebody asks you should transgender athletes be able to compete against uh, female athletes and you're like, wait, I got banned for that. You net, The rules always change and, and that's one of the big issues that social media companies are going to have is the rules are going to change. If your content is not controversial, even though, again, that's all, what's normal today, five years from now, could be and There could be actual hate speech, then you want to ask, is it going to be text-based or digital-based? If it's digital-based, you want to use Instagram. If it's text-based, you want to use Twitter. You want to get an email list right away. And you should be thinking about buying ads from the get-go. The, the golden age of the internet before the search engine algorithms were rigged, and I'll go into that and why that matters in a minute, is it used to be you could start a blog, when you would write about things, people would Google those subjects and they would find your blog. Google used to prioritize niche blogs. For example, if you, I used to have a green juicing blog, probably still up. It used okay. to be, if you Googled green juice recipe, I was top 10 on Google. Well, why was I top 10 on Google for green juice recipe? It was a niche blog, hundreds of posts with recipes, very easy to read, original pictures that I took. The, all these factors would go into that. And if you, and if you wind up on my site, you were there for hours. Well, the big media companies got mad because they couldn't compete with the army of Davids. So what did they do? They said, Oh, this is unfair. You have to boost us. So now if a business insider does a blog post green juice recipe that'll show up in page one of Google, even though it's not a niche site. Some intern probably wrote it. She probably ripped off the recipe from some other blog but the algorithm was changed to prioritize so-called mainstream sites. Now, the reason I bring up that little piece of internet history is it matters. It used to be just start it. I would tell people start a blog. Now, I still think people should start a blog because you get into the habit of writing and everything else, but you're not going to get picked up in the search engines like you used to be picked up. That So
0: if I write a blog uh, that, let's say, only talks about Nikon digital cameras, and that's all I write about is Nikon digital cameras, than if the Wall Street Journal does a single article on Nikon digital cameras, they're gonna outrank me?
1: Yes, that was the change. And it was, it was devastating to a lot of people with niche websites. You, so yeah, you would think, cause the way sh- here's the way it should work and the way it used to work is, hey, I'm a photographer, I write reviews on cameras, I have 100 cameras, I have ex- expertise in cameras, here's articles, I have beautiful pictures, they're very readable. Google would want to send people that page because Google's job as a portal was to give people the best information, but then these mainstream companies they couldn't compete, so they leveraged and harassed Google while you, under the guise of fake news and all kinds of other disinformation, but really they said no, you need to give us a boost because they, they can't compete otherwise, and there there's still people who have some success with niche traffic, but it wasn't like it used to be 2000 say nine to fourteen the 2014 Mm -hmm. the best thing you could do was if you were a subject matter expert write on a blog people would find your blog on google and those are the best people you want reading because those are people tailored to your niche that you don't even look for if you write an article write some obscure camera lens and a person googles what's that camera lens you would find that blog and then very often those people would buy the camera lens using affiliate links on amazon so it was great content the user finds it it's, it was really was passive income i did probably 25000 a year on my juicing blog just in affiliates links and other things like that but now it's negligible and that's just the way it is so the advice yeah. the advice changes and that's why people should think about paid traffic now don't blindly spend money on it there's a lot of there's a lot to it there's entire books on it, but there's no easy answer anymore. I mean, the 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 right way to do it is you find someone who's a network node, and you get that person retweeting your stuff. And I happen to know there are people on Twitter. I don't do this, so I, please, people don't email me. But they'll join like a Twitter coaching service, and for a thousand dollars a month, you would you'll get say ten retweets out of that month, and then you get taught how to use Twitter. Frankly, depending on the size of the the account that's actually a good deal because i've mm-hmm. if you look at how much it costs to you know advertise and, and whatnot that's a pretty good deal to learn one-on-one and then you get a certain number of retweets and i i would say you probably if i were going to do that which i'm not for for any number of reasons but if you if you get with somebody a twitter coach as corny as it sounds i mean that's the world we live in and they'll retweet you every day that's worth, that's worth a thousand a month and they're teaching you how to do it. That That's an approach. Otherwise, you're just going to be grinding for years. And that's why people should think of it as building your social media as a side hustle, half an hour a day, maybe an hour a day. Mm-hmm. Don't get discouraged. Nobody's going to know who you are for a very long time. If you can afford to just take a year and do it full time, then- my advice would be a little bit different. So let's say your newcomer is you're starting off. I would say you just treat it as a part-time job, live your life too. Cause plus the people who are the best at social media have big lives. The reason I'm right. great at social media is because social media didn't exist when I was an upcoming young man. I didn't know even how to, I remember I was on Twitter and I didn't, I had a hundred followers. I thought it was dumb. Like what's Twitter? This is, yeah. this is stupid, right? But I was too busy just kicking ass, living life, and a lot of these people they want to get good on social media. It's like, yeah, but you're boring. You know, like why would, why would I read your account? Like you're a 22 year old kid living an ordinary 22 year old life. That's great. I was 22 once, yeah. but if a 22 year old Mike Cernovich were tweeting, I wouldn't. I would have no interest in that account.
0: Well, so you're. So how do you break through then? You're the guy that. that- you want to start a camera blog because you're really passionate about Nikon cameras. Right. And so where, where do you go with that? How do you, how do you, if you're the world's expert on or one of the world's experts on using a Nikon camera and you want to sell that, maybe that as a coaching program to use the camera, or you want to sell that as, Hey, I've got these online manuals or courses or something on how to, you know, use this camera. I mean, what platform do you start with? I mean, is it, is it Twitter or is it, hey, paid ads on, you know, some other platform? I mean, if you look at some of these platforms right now, like Facebook, I, I was just reading an article, Facebook's user growth has flatlined uh, in North America. So, you know, we okay. all know okay. what happens. You, you,
1: okay, well, so well, let's do an experiment. Zero dollars, a thousand dollars, ten thousand dollars and a hundred thousand dollars. Because that's the way you would say it if you were going to invest money. You know, what would you do if you have $1,000? You'd probably pay off your credit card debt. So $0 is um, take, take it as a side hustle, something you enjoy. Some people play golf. Some people play tennis. Rather than pay tennis court fees, you're on the internet. That's how I treated it. Half an hour a day. But I was devoted a half an hour a day at the time to blog. I just wrote a half an hour a day. It wasn't great content. It wasn't genius stuff. Half an hour a day. Why? Because it's a hobby. The 10, 20 people read. I remember I had 100 people on my blog a day. That's all that read it. And that's fine. That's where you start off with. So half an hour a day, you do that. Zero dollars. If you have $1,000, then I would do blog. I'd go to upwork.com and I would hire somebody to do a professional uh, look for my blog, install a pop-up with an email opt-in to a free ebook or something like that. So I would do like me, what ebook would I do? Not like a thousand things I could write about. That would depend on your niche though. So if I were you and I were Mike Boleyn, I would say, um, download my free ebook on how to wholesale real estate. It's a niche thing. And I'd have a site, people go to site. A thousand bucks, because you're gonna have to pay the freelancers and whatnot. Now, if I had 10,000, I would go to um, influencers who are in that niche and i would say would you build me a lookalike audience on facebook using people who have bought your product before and you would you would pay them some amount of money they wouldn't or they might maybe you would pay them to send out an email offer for you but you would go and say okay hey i notice you're a real estate entrepreneur i imagine you have a coaching group would you send out an email blast to your list telling them to go to my blog or telling them to go somewhere and i'll pay you you know, some amount of money, a thousand, you know, it depends on who they are. And then I would say, will you, you know, will you create a lookalike audience so that I can target people with ads? And then I, you know, that would be an ad spend of, I don't know, 25 bucks a day is where you would start off anyway. Not like you start off with a thousand a day. And then you would, you would use that, that approach. If you had a hundred thousand, then you would, then you would scale that up and you would say, okay, you know, hey, Grant Cardone, I want you to interview me. Can I donate $10,000 to your favorite charity and you'll interview me? And he might say no, but you're going to get his attention for that. I don't, Grant, that wouldn't be enough. And, you know, he's, but, but anyway, that's the way you would want to be thinking. You would just say, hey, you know, I that you have a big platform. I'm new and upcoming. Here's who I am here's my product. Right. Would you Would you interview me for whatever, 5,000, 10,000? And the value of that would depend on one, guesswork, because you don't know how it's going to convert. So much of this is you don't, you don't know how it's going to convert. You might go on his podcast and nobody cares, or you might find out his audience only cares about him and they don't want to go to anybody else's site and it's a non-converting offer. You might find that out, or you might find out, oh, wow, he's big. Or you might find out that a lot of times, niche influencers are more valuable than the big guns so rather than say tony robbins i'll pay you a hundred thousand for an interview i bet you that wouldn't convert at all actually and i know people have paid him for interviews they don't convert you might go to somebody who has a, a niche audience that's smaller but they're very much into that person so if this person says hey this book is great buy this book that would be more useful and then the budgeting again is just going to be an experiment. But that's what I would do. That's why I do have 100000 And even with that 100000 you don't need to be paying people to do all these ad campaigns. And web design is overrated. Your website needs to be fast. You can get a very nice website, um, fully made with all the, the fixins, no more than $1,500. Now,
0: if- Right. You, there yeah. are uh, like Upwork or Fiverr, yeah. those kind of websites. Yeah. There's uh, a lot of people there that overseas that will build you a website for, for very little money.
1: Yeah. Insta pages or click funnels. You can create a landing page with click funnels. You can create a landing page with uh, Insta pages and boom, now now you're in business and then you have, but if you're going to pay people to drive traffic, you need to to get people on your email list or have some kind of offer or something like that. And that's what, that's what I would do. So me, if I were launching a new company, then I would probably raise outside capital a hundred thousand, maybe two hundred thousand, and then I would do a a massive, um, a massive ad blitz using lookalike audiences relative to the niche. So if I were going to sell right. tennis balls, I would go to the whoever the tennis ball people were or whatever, and I would just say, "Hey, you have an email list. Who's bought your stuff? Create a lookalike audience for that, and I would run ads targeted to that lookalike audience. And you you know, and you need to write big checks to to get kind of people's attention, and and. Yeah. And even the fact that you're off, the the thing you'd probably figure out is you would, most of these people, you'd probably offer them too much money because everybody is such trying to get them to promote them for free that if you actually, a lot of these people, you could probably say, Hey, for a thousand bucks, would you do X, Y, and Z? You'd probably be blown away by how much they do because nobody, everybody wants something from nothing with influencers. They assume that influencers aren't a real profession and you shouldn't have to pay them.
0: Is there a is there a place that you know of? Is there a place on the internet where uh, you know the person selling the camera or the tennis balls or whatever? Is there a place on the internet where they can go to connect with influencers? Like, is there a uh, uh, an agency or something that calls together all the influencers and says, "Hey, this guy will retweet you for fifty bucks, and this guy will give you a shout out for a hundred dollars or whatever"?
1: I'm sure there are agencies, and I'm sure they're super sketch. Um, yeah. So I, I, I'm certain of two things based on my many, many decades on the internet. Now, 100% there are agencies that'll do that. 200% 100 uh, chance that they're super sketch. And I don't know anyone reputable doing that uh, at mm-hmm. all. And I know that, but I do know that there's all these paid retweet groups and their Instagram, this has been written about in the media. There are all these like DM Instagram groups of teenage influencers And then they'll go out and get a, you know, oh, this is a handbag or whatever the case is, and then they'll all retweet each other stuff like reciprocity, and I do know those exist, and there are a ton of these kids making met. There are teenagers making six figures a year, just on that kind of stuff, the the paid influencer, the paid the paid promo, and that's why there ended up being a crackdown where now you have to say if something's sponsored or not. But I'm sure there's all kinds of people. Well, I know for a fact. I saw a slide deck where a person was, it was a political thing. He was charging people $20,000 a month to amplify their social media. And lo and behold, this person included me as somebody who would retweet their stuff. And I thought, well, that's interesting because I didn't agree to this. Well, as it turns out, this little weasel would ask me to retweet stuff and I was friendly with him. So I was like, yeah, I'll retweet it. You know, no big deal. And then he would show his clients, oh, look, Cernovich is retweeting me. And he was making money off my back. And it's like, hey, bro. Um, Yes. And and he – so he listed a bunch of prominent people. And so there's people, yeah, that made, I don't know, probably hundreds of – not probably, certainly have made hundreds of thousands of dollars off of fraud, lying to their clients that I was part of their little deal and through – uh, fraud by omission by asking me to retweet their stuff as if I'm doing them a favor and they weren't charging all kinds of money.
0: So, okay. So you're, let, let, let's say you're the weightlifter guy and you've got, you, you build out this, this program on how to, you know, build your upper body or whatever. And you want to sell that um, as a course. I am seeing some new um, some new platforms arise uh, one of them being Telegram, and then the other is Rockfin. Well, Telegram, uh, Talk about tel- those two new
1: sites. Telegram is where people who have been banned from the internet go as the last stand for free speech. You're going to reach the least amount of people. Rockfin is a social media upstart that has a lot of potential because it's creator friendly. And creators can actually make money based on a very open and transparent model if you're a brand new influencer, though, you're not going to be able to get people onto the site in a way that's going move to the, move the needle on those sites. Telegram, you don't want to be a telegram. Telegram is where you go. You have no other resorts uh, because you've been banned from everywhere else. What people do is click funnel. people. I mean, if I were just telling you you're a fitness guy, you're not political, you're not controversial, click funnels and Gumroad. ClickFunnels is an email service, provides you turnkey service with landing pages. Gumroad is where people sell their books because you, you can sell your books for whatever you want to sell. At Amazon, if you sell them more than $9.99, your commission goes way down. So you get a 70% okay, so commission.
0: Talk, talk a little bit about this Gumroad. I've, I've vaguely heard of it, but I don't know what it is.
1: Gumroad it, is where you put tell your self products. You can put a book on there. Uh, Mike Bolin's Real Estate Wholesale class, twenty pages with checklists, and you can sell it for fifty or sixty dollars. I mean, you can sell it for a thousand, whatever the market will bear. If you try to so sell it,
0: ebooks. It's it's a place to sell ebooks or like ebooks, white, white papers,
1: other information products too. Yeah, there, So there's
0: okay.
1: Yeah. So that that's so what maybe
0: you 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 you're saying you couple that with maybe a click funnel, and then that leads you into Gumroad where you actually sell the actual product.
1: Well, you have to be able to, I mean, yeah, you have to have a payment process to set up and there's a number of things, but yeah, I'm talking about this just conceptually is mm-hmm. if you're going to treat it, if you're going to start off as a hobby, start a blog, do your social media, network with like-minded people, share other people's articles. If you have a blog and you review hoax movie or gorilla mindset, I'm going to link to your stuff without you asking me, right? Don't email people, sure. write book reviews because then the Google alert shows up. And I go, Oh, another, another hoax of you. Now on a good day, that might be a hundred people go to your website on a great day. I've had tens of thousands of people go to, cause you never, even me, I don't know when something's going to catch on time of day, sure. what mood people are in. So yeah. yeah, don't, don't email people, asking for something, do book reviews. Here's how I met Scott Adams. He had 13,000 Twitter followers at the time. I'd never heard of him as a person. I mean, I'd heard of Dilbert, everybody heard of Dilbert and one of the younger guys who has a great account, X Days, X D A Y S, did a book review of yeah. Scott Adams' book. I read the book and I thought, I like the book. And not only that, but I like Scott Adams. So I wrote 2,500 word review of his book. And it, because we were like minded people and in terms of how I view the world. And he, he linked to it. We started talking throughout the years. He's been in both my films. I consider him a friend, you know, you name it but I didn't email him. Oh, Hey, do something for me. Right. Yeah. And and that's true. Most authors or filmmakers are going to link to reviews of their books, like 99, unless you're JK Rowling or somebody, right. I mean, we're not talking, you know, Stephen King or whatever, but mid list authors and that's almost every author. If you're lucky, you're mid list by mid list. I mean, you're doing 10,000, 20,000 books a year. That's actually really big numbers, but people are going to, because 10, 20 book sales a day actually is noticeable for an author. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so you, but, but that's the idea. People go, oh, you tweet me, you tweet me. And I was like, sh- I scroll their timeline. Like, I don't see you ever reviewed any of my stuff. Block. And I block them right then and there because you lack the social aptitude to know that you should do that. And you're asking for something.
0: Now, I have looked quite a bit at, at YouTube, I, I have some uh, friends of mine who have uh, had channels on YouTube. It seems like there is um, the monetization on YouTube is really changing. Uh, it doesn't really seem to be the place. Now, this is my perception. I wanted to ask you this. Is YouTube a place to build a, a presence any longer, or is it uh, just not the place to go? It's a has-been site.
1: Well, I mean, the difference is the people are still there. The creators are being abused, but you're not going to make your money on ad revenue. You have to get into merchandise. You have to learn how to run your things as a business. But my advice to people who want to do this is don't. Um, Get a good job. Get a good salary. Save your money. Buy a rental property with four or five of your friends. Set up a real estate trust. Everybody throws in 10 grand. You know, this whole like I want to be an influencer thing. I'm like, no, you for it's overrated. You shouldn't do it, it's a really bad use of your time. And you know, you know a number of things, or if, if it's somebody who's in a better place in life and they want to have an impact or something, then that's a different thing. But people who are new, I want to do this internet thing. I'm like, well, why? Probably because they're lazy, right. to be honest. It's because I don't want to work a job where I have to do things I don't want to do. Well, guess what? I do things I don't want to do every day of my life, and yeah. You think I want to be an audacity playing with frame rate and compressing and everything. No, but most people are incompetent. So I just, I add up my own podcast and it's tedious. So I don't want to work. work. I was in an Excel sheet You run businesses, you get into right. the Excel sheet. You know, where, what are we at projections? That, well, I, well, I don't want to do that. Well, you're going to do a lot of TDM, as a song. Yeah. So usually when people want to be an influencer, they, they think that they're like, they could have been a Hollywood actor. If only they'd done that. Or they right. are just lazy and they want an easy job for a 25-year-old. But then when you do the math, like, wait, you worked that many hours. That's how much you make. What if you had done something else with your time and money? So there's, it's like my don't go to law school thing. Don't become an influencer. But if you're going to be one, what would you do with $0, $1,000, $10,000, and 100000 A million would be too much. There, anybody, right? Somebody said, I want to do a million dollar booth like no no you're you're actually wasting your money that's going to go 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 into waste because if you have a 100k and you do it right and you do it smart that'll convert and then you have cash flow. Oh wait a minute, influencers have to worry about cash flow? Oh wait, there's no magic money that where you just oh ma- magic just happens enough to think about cash flow and employees and w2s and 1099s and everything else.
0: Well, that's yeah, and that's what I was leading into from the folks I've talked to recently the days of the thirty-five thousand dollar a month YouTube guy are long gone. That's just not happening anymore.
1: Unless like new you know, people you're won't
0: Beyonce or something, right?
1: Yeah, with new people, it won't. There was the, in the golden age of YouTube. I don't know. I was I had just a tiny channel at the time. I was doing like I don't know a couple grand a month. Just the ad the ads were crazy. You would do f- five grand at least for a million, no more than that. It was a lot of money. And so, yeah, all these people got rich and then things outside of their control, you know, the media, the problem is the media got mad because ad revenue, most people don't realize it, but the New York Times and Wall Street Journal are actually in competition with YouTube. Why? Because the New York Times and Wall Street Journal, they're not journalistic outlets, they're advertising agencies. Hey, you will advertise on our site, and we'll sell your, your stuff to our customers. Well, Facebook can do that so much more efficiently due to lookalike audiences and targeting and the the scale of things that these they were losing all this ad dollars, the media. So then the media goes, oh, Coca-Cola advertisements are showing in front of this video where this guy says a bad word. And then all the ad companies yeah. freaked out and said, we're not going to advertise anymore. So those, the good old days are gone. They're, they're yeah. way gone. So- and that's why people who talk about this stuff, they don't get the new information. Oh, well, this guy made a million dollars on his YouTube. Yeah, he did it in two thousand fifteen, and you know what you don't know is He he also bought a lot of ads, so he didn't really profit a million and any number right. of things. So yeah, now for just the mid tier YouTube influencer, you have a full time job that pays like a part time job. I mean, think about it. You a lot of these people on YouTube. They're working 12 to 14 hours a day that people don't see that editing. This is a full-time job and they make 40 grand a year if they're lucky. Right. Right. How many, that's entry level job, right? Yeah. Now, oh, I love it. It's my passion. Well, is sitting around and moving a tiny little splice of video and syncing it with audio and then having your computer crap. That's your passion because that's 90% of what you're doing. And. Right. But So, yeah, you work full-time hours for a part-time wage. I don't even work full-time on my media stuff. I'm working on – I work part-time now because I'm working full-time on other businesses. But, yeah. And, and I'm, you know, one of the, the winners or whatever. So people, people need to think, do I want to work – or they don't want to work full-time on their social media. And we go back to do they want to be an influencer because they're willing to grind or are they just lazy – they think it's going to be easy money because i know these easy people that, they'll come to my events oh yeah i'm like you don't even blog every day right like they're trying to ask me advance how do i monetize my site how do i grow my site like you don't even blog every day but yes so no no that you're never going to do anything you better blog every day i don't know what to write about well then go work get a real job it's okay i've had real yeah. jobs I, i've never done a podcast denigrating work i've laid tables as hard work, don't get me wrong, but I do now is hard work. And I've never, never denigrated hard work or having the so-called real job. People should all have a real job.
0: Yes. Uh, well, this is, uh, I should say, if, if folks are interested in coming and chatting with you and I about this stuff, we are doing an event on June 1st in Napa Valley. Uh, Mike will have one of his uh, famous cigar nights and we'll have wine, whiskey, you can come and talk to Mike about whatever subject uh, tickles your fancy, and you can come and talk to me about real estate or just about the good life and how to enjoy uh, the fruits of your labor. and uh, maybe uh, if you're getting towards the sunset of your career, um we can talk you know about some passive income things uh, you know that I'm involved in uh, that that are interesting. But um, anyway, we'd love to see you on June first in Napa Valley. And Mike, you got anything to add to the uh, the event.
1: Yeah, show up. Show up. We kept general admission tickets. We don't make any money on GA tickets. So show up. Rent a a car. Drive.
0: There's also, yeah, there's also an option, uh, folks. We're going to sell a ticket that uh, somebody can purchase that platinum ticket. And it includes uh, the VIP experience, which is, you know, winery tour and some other stuff with Mike and I. But it also includes recording an episode of this podcast, Mindset Squared, with Mike and I. I
1: price all my events the same way, which is, could 22-year-old Mike Cernovich afford to attend? Well, Mike Cernovich couldn't afford a platinum ticket, and I, and I wouldn't put it on my credit card, and I would tell anybody listening, don't put a ticket on your credit card. But yeah, 22-year-old Mike Cernovich could come up with $85 for a ticket to be around great people, have cigars, meet other people. Why? Because I would drive a car, and I would sleep at a, I would sleep at a rest station. I literally, it'd be a tank, it would have cost me a tank of gas and because I had an old beater car. It cost me a tank of gas. I would have driven up, attended the event, and then the event got over. If I was too tired to drive, I would drive an hour or two down the way, and I'd pull over to a rest stop. Now, if you're a woman, don't do that, but, you know, I was a man, and I would sleep in my car, and, and that's how I did it. So all these young guys, oh, yeah, I'm such a hustler, and I'm this. Okay, uh, you know, realistically, it's about 150 bucks if you really want to make it happen. So I don't want to, I don't right. want to
0: And that includes dinner too. We're serving food at this thing too. So it's food, whiskey, wine, cigars, and hanging out with us. I mean, what can be better?
1: You either want it or you don't. And I, that's, again, there, there's a reason I price things away. If you're doing well off and you, and you know, you are doing a little bit better, come on, we're going to have a VIP tour. We'll go to do a wine tasting, be, you know, hang out totally cool. And if you're platinum or doing great, you know, that's essentially you're helping the younger people in a way because we're not these events, you know, there's so many other ways to actually make a profit and you're helping the young guys and the young gals who just want to grind and make it happen. You're helping them afford it and to find a way because you're subsidizing tickets essentially
0: exactly yeah that is exactly right yeah neither one of us uh, doesn't move the needle certainly for me and i'm sure it doesn't for you to do an event i mean really an event is a a chance for us to network with some folks that we maybe only see or talk to on the internet so uh yeah we'd love to have you there and uh, it's june 1st and mike what's that link again
1: go to cernovich.com forward slash events
0: perfect okay we'll talk to you folks soon and uh mike appreciate you hanging out again
1: Always a pleasure.